Hey, 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 everybody. Hello, friends. We have a couple of quick Art History Babes Nation updates for you. What's going on over here in our world? First off, we have a new featured artist. Zach Clark. You might recognize him from some of our previous episodes, such as Corita Kent or Albert Durer. And our upcoming episode on Robert Rauschenberg as Which well. Which is going to be great. It's going to be Just doozy. as rambly and crazy <laughs> as the first one. So we're officially blaming that on Zach. Yeah. But you've maybe heard him before on the show. Um, he's a friend of ours and he's an artist, a printmaker, and he is our featured artist and he has created a beautiful print set called Confabulation is a River in California and it is available for purchase on the mm-hmm. Art History Babes website. It's a really interesting print set and just really interesting concept and if you want to learn about it learn about the story behind it and learn about Zach and his process and his life as an artist you can head over to our YouTube channel and watch our featured artist video because we're on YouTube now guys we got quite a few videos already we're on YouTube we're just you're we're just expanding the content you can see our faces now yeah our faces are gonna match our mouths <laughs> Watch the words come out. (laughs) It's pretty great. It's cool. It's a pretty cool thing. So we do. We have a handful of videos up right now and we're going to keep making them and keep churning them out for you guys. So be sure to check out the YouTube, subscribe and like and hit that little bell so you get notifications when we put content out there. But yeah, so just some fun, exciting things. What else is going on? Do we have other exciting things to talk about? We're going to have new merch coming out soon. Oh yeah, merch. Summer merch is coming soon, which means spring merch is going to be going. So if there's anything that you've been thinking about getting and having pulled the trigger now might be the time now might be the time so head over to arthistorybabes.com check out our merch check out our featured artist check out all of our stuff that we're working on for you lovely people and for you lovely patrons shout out to all of our patrons on we love you so we love you so much patreon.com slash arthistorybabes you guys make it possible so thank you you're all amazing and uh let's get to the show from Cabernet to Montmartre, they're here to slay the art history babe. Art history babe briefs. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Corey. I'm Natalie. I'm Jen, and we are the art history babes. We're talking. We're talking some architecture today. Yeah, texture of arc. Yes, that I believe neat. that is the origin of that word. Wow. <laughs> I never neat. thought of the etymology of that, but now, now. I think Natalie nailed it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Enough said. <gasps> nailed it. Yeah. Today we're going to talk about the hog. <laughs> <laughs> and it begins. <laughs> Today we're talking about the Hagia Sophia. It is a church that was built in Constantinople or modern day Turkey under the rule of Emperor Justinian I. Justinian ruled during Byzantium's first golden age. The architect's names were Isidore of Miletus and Anthemius of Trails. <laughs> I think it's Trails. <laughs> <laughs> Anthemius of Trails. <laughs> The architect's names were Isidore of Miletus and Anthemius of Tralles. Construction began in 532 and the church was dedicated five years later in 537. 
It was a popular pilgrimage site for medieval travelers and has a long and winding history. The version of Hagia Sophia that exists now was built to replace the original 4th century church commissioned by Emperor Constantine that was destroyed during a revolt in 532. It then became a mosque in 1453 as a result of the conquest of Constantinople by the Ottomans under Sultan Mehmed II. It remained a mosque until 1934 when Atatürk, the founder of modern Turkey, converted Hagia Sophia into a museum. So, for clarification, it went from a 4th century church to a 6th century basilica to a mosque and is now a museum. It's lived many lives. It is a jack-of-all-traits. It really is. And how cool is that, that they just kept converting it to different needs? They're like, we're not going to destroy it. It's beautiful. It's an architectural feat. It's amazing what you can do with spaces, really. Yeah, you throw up some minarets, you throw (laughs) up... uh, a uh, painting or two. You cover bing, the bam, Jesus. Boom. Yeah, you cover the Jesus. You uncover the Jesus, <laughs> as we will get into. And you cover the Jesus back up. <laughs> as a continuation of the Roman Empire, the Byzantine Empire continued creating in the classical style, but with a little bit of a flair. Hmm. Stylistic influence from the East can also be seen in much of Byzantine art and architecture. While it can be viewed as a blending of classical Western and Eastern styles, Byzantine art is distinct. The amount of gold present in Byzantine art, mosaics especially, can be overwhelming, but has an undeniably mystical effect. As the pinnacle of Byzantine architecture, Hagia Sophia especially embodies this pathway to the spiritual through perceived dematerialization. So what dematerialization means is essentially using reflective and refractive materials to give the illusion of a a non-material existence. So something very mystical and magical and like it's floating on air. Lovely. The Hagia Sophia is one of the greatest surviving examples of Byzantine architecture. It is a dome basilica with two eastern and western facing half domes buttressing out its interior. Buttressing a verb? You know what? It is now. (laughs) I have never heard that in verb form. You know, Google didn't correct me, so I'm saying it is. I love it. Buttressing. Yeah, they're buttressing out, you know. Save that one. Descending domes. For your vocab test. The half domes are buttressing out its interior. Its interior is decorated with mosaics and marble pillars. The temple itself was so richly and artistically decorated that Justinian proclaimed, Solomon, I have outdone thee. Justinian himself had overseen the completion of the greatest cathedral ever built up to that time, and it was to remain the largest cathedral for over a thousand years up until the completion of the cathedral in Seville in Spain. So the minarets, which are a very interesting aspect of Hagia Sophia's architecture were an Ottoman addition and not part of the original church's Byzantine design. They were built for notification of invitations for prayers and announcements. Mehmed had built a minaret made from wood over one of the half domes soon after Hagia Sophia's conversion from a cathedral to a mosque. Both are 60 meters in height and with their thick and massive patterns complete Hagia Sophia's main structure. 
Many ornaments and details were added to these minarets on repairs during the 15th, 16th, and 19th centuries, which reflect each period's characteristics and ideals. That's one of my favorite aspects of this, is that the minarets are done in different styles. I think that's so cool. Yeah, and I like that they are multi-purpose also, because mm-hmm. um, now they're ornamental, but they were necessary for its use as a mosque. Hagia Sophia's most discussed feature has to be its dome. It was built using brick and mortar and boasts a whopping 102 feet 6 inches in diameter and is 182 feet 5 inches tall. Dang. On either side are two half domes which together create a dome the size of the one in the center. So those buttressing domes that we were referring to together create the same size dome as the center. Dome. 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 (laughs) That's essentially two giant domes. Now, Now one. Two. Two domes. That's a lot of domes. <laughs> That's, dare I say, too many domes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> she said it. She said it. Adding to the wonder, there are windows lining the bottom of the dome, which are closely spaced together with gold mosaic covering the thin jams. Jams are those little tiny pieces between windows mm-hmm. or door frames or whatnot. This means that the light coming from those windows bounces off the gold tesserae, the mosaics on the jams, tricking the eyes into seeing a giant floating dome. Whoa. This sense of otherworldliness enhances the experience of visiting the sacred space, which is great for business. If your dome looks like it's being held up by the heavens, then a lot of people are going to want to come see it. That's a lot of money for your church. Yeah, especially if your business is God. Yeah. In the business of God, that's good business. (laughs) The Hagia Sophia was beautifully decorated with mosaics during the Byzantine period. The first mosaics which adorned the church were completed during the reign of Justin II. Many of the non-figurative mosaics in Hagia Sophia are from this period. Not much is known of the earliest mosaics as many of them were covered or destroyed during iconoclasm. So brief side note, iconoclasm, this sort of period where there was a really serious backlash against any images of God or um, Christ or the worry was that people were worshiping images and not God. Um, So there was a lot of destruction of art and sculpture because of this fear of not worshiping the right. Yeah, not worshiping what the image represents, instead worshiping the icon itself. Yeah. And if you want to learn more about it, you can go check out our episode on iconoclasm. That's a good one. Smashing, slashing. Smashing and slashing. Check it out. Most of the mosaics that we know of today were completed after the Byzantine iconoclasm of 800 AD. The three main mosaics depict the Virgin Mary, Jesus, saints, and emperors or empresses. During the sack of Constantinople in 1204, the Latin crusaders vandalized valuable items in every important Byzantine structure of the city, including the golden mosaics of the Hagia Sophia. The apse mosaic of the Virgin and Child, otherwise known as the Atacus, was the first of the post-iconoclastic mosaics. It was inaugurated on March 29th, 867, by Patriarch Photius. Pretty good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the emperors Michael the Third and Basil. <laughs> okay. Basil. I was going to say Basil. Is it Basil or Basil? Hold on. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go Basil. 
Let's go with Basel. Basel the first. This mosaic is situated in a high location on the half dome of the apse. Mary is sitting on a throne without a back, holding the child Je- <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> holding the Jesus child. <laughs> On her lap. No. I just envisioned you reading that whole section, but like a like a preacher. <laughs> Basil the first. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> commissioned this mosaic. This hair mosaic. Mary's got the Jesus child on her lap. The sweet baby Jesus. Oh no. Oh no, oh, no baby. Oh, no. The a <laughs> The Attackus. <laughs> oh, man. I want to have a pet named The Attackus. <laughs> We're going to oh. start calling your cat The Attackus. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> remix. <laughs> so, Mary is sitting on a throne without a back, holding the child Jesus on her lap. Her feet rest on a pedestal. Both the pedestal and the throne are adorned with precious stones. Yes, they are. On the east wall of the south gallery, another mosaic portrait was created between 1028 and 1035. It features Christ between Constantine the Ninth Monomachus, what a name, and the Empress Zoe. Zoe Porphyrogentia? Wow, that, that was really good. name. Porphyrogentia. You did it, dude. Born to the purple. Yeah, which means born to the purple. How cool is that? Oh, so rad. And it gets cooler. She was married to not one, not two, but three different Byzantine emperors in her lifetime. Whoa. Get it, girl. So Constantine the Ninth, the one that you can now see in this mosaic, is very possibly replacing her previous husbands. Mm. So at previous points in time, the exact mosaic would have had her first husband. And then she had them redo it they for her second husband. Face on him every time. So this is my theory as to why Jesus looks so uncomfortable in this mosaic because he looks uncomfortable. He's judging. Yeah, his eyes are wide. Not happy. Yes, He's like girl. It's like that is not God's number way. Three. Mm. Mm. So Constantine is holding a purse, which is symbolic of a large donation made to the church. And Zoe is holding a scroll, which is another symbol of a gift to the church. Both the emperor and the empress are described as pious in inscriptions next to the portrait. The gold tesserae, a.k.a. the tiny pieces of glass that make up the mosaic, create a luminous effect that again adds to the spirituality of the work, making them seem like they're floating. In May of 1453, Constantinople fell to the attacking Ottoman forces. The Hagia Sophia was not exempt from the pillage and looting of the Ottoman forces and specifically became its focal point as the invaders believed it to contain the greatest treasures and valuables of the city. They weren't wrong. So shortly after Constantinople's defenses collapsed and the Ottoman troops entered the city victoriously, the pillagers and looters uh, made their way to the Hagia Sophia, battered down its doors, and stormed in. The building was significantly desecrated and looted to a large extent. When the Sultan Mehmet II and his accompanying entourage entered the church, he insisted that it should be converted into a mosque at once. So one of the ulama present, it's a, a holy... Muslim man, climbed up to the church's pulpit and recited out the Shahada, thus marking the beginning of the gradual conversion of the church into a mosque. 
Following the building's conversion into a mosque in 1453, many of its mosaics were covered with plaster due to Islam's ban on representational imagery. This process was not completed at once, and reports exist from the 17th century in which travelers note that they could still see the Christian images in the former church. In 1935, the first modern Turkish president and founder of the Republic of Turkey, Mustafa Kemal Atatürk, transformed the building into a museum. The carpets were removed and the marble floor decorations, such as the Omphalion, appear for the first time in centuries while the white plaster covering many of the mosaics was removed. Nevertheless, the condition of the structure deteriorated and the World Monuments Fund placed Hagia Sophia on the 1996 World's Monument Watch and again in 1998. The building's copper roof had cracked, causing water to leak down over to the fragile frescoes and mosaics. Moisture entered from below as well. Rising groundwater had raised the level of humidity within the monument, creating an unstable environment for stone and paint. The WMF secured a series of grants from 1997 to 2002 for the restoration of the dome. The first stage of work involved the structural stabilization and repair of the cracked roof, which was undertaken with the participation of the Turkish Ministry of Culture. The second phase, the preservation of the dome's interior, afforded the opportunity to employ and train young Turkish conservators in the care of mosaics. By 2006, the WMF project was complete. Though many other areas of Hagia Sophia continue to require significant stability improvement, restoration, and conservation. Hagia Sophia is currently the second most visited museum in Turkey, attracting almost 3.3 million visitors annually. Wow. I wonder what the first most visited yeah. museum in Turkey <laughs> That's is. That's what I was thinking. I was like, huh. <laughs> so this is pretty amazing. I mean, this is a incredibly old church. And so the fact that it still is so magnificent is pretty awesome. And I'm glad that they're still restoring it. Yeah, I want to check it out. I want to go. <clears throat> I, know, I want to go feel the mystical energy. I want to go see that dome float. I want right. to see the dome float. I yeah. definitely want. Hashtag, I want to see the dome float. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag, send art history babes to Istanbul 2018. <laughs> uh, yeah, if you want to do that, head over to our Patreon. Patreon.com slash art history babes. Um, but thank you for listening to this baby episode. Uh, you can find us on all social medias. Also, we're on YouTube now, you guys. It's a very exciting thing. Mm-hmm. So you should probably go to YouTube and subscribe and check out our videos and be on the lookout for more videos. And if you send us to Istanbul, we'll definitely make a video about it. We'll yeah. make a whole documentary out <laughs> of it. But thank you for listening. And we'll see you guys later. Bye. Bye-bye. From What you say? I don't know the lyrics. Yeah. Mm, what you say? <laughs> mm, that you only meant well. <laughs> what to fit? Mm, what to do? <laughs> I think I'm the only one that does know the lyrics. I know. <laughs> We're all just like bear, but to bear. The Art History Babes podcast is made possible by support from our lovely listeners via Patreon. Head over to patreon.com slash arthistorybabes to help keep the art history babes going and for access to bonus content.